0: We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio what's going on around it so when you listen to it you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life and 3cr being in the heart of smith street collingwood is a particularly good example of what i'm talking about if you'd like to uh, subscribe the number is nine four one nine eight three double seven. you The driving experience primes car drivers for meltdowns. They are conditioned by popular culture to see cars as symbols of freedom, yet city driving is a slow-motion trap that subjects drivers to constant restrictions on their movement. Drivers are thwarted from enjoying the promise of motion by traffic lights, by congestion, and yes, by cyclists. And they suffer the natural but impossible desire to escape and move forward. All this while being strapped to their seats. On this sparkingly clear, crisp first day of winter here in Melbourne, with a lovely little southwesterly blowing from Antarctica, it seems like you're listening to the Yarra Radio Bicycle Show here on 3CR. Many thanks to Amy Goodman. Fascinating interview with with uh, sorry, Faith, I've lost touch. Have I? No. Sorry, Faith. Good morning, Faith.
0: Good morning, Val.
1: I'm having my usual uh, first of the month uh, trouble <laughs> with the <laughs> with the digits here.
0: A pinch and a punch.
1: Exactly. Many thanks to Amy Goodman. Fascinating interview from the Ecuadorian Embassy, Julian Assange. I'll have to re-listen to that again. Um, like I say, it is a beautiful day outside. Winter has descended upon Melbourne. There is a very cold sort of wind blowing through it. But it's time now to activate the airways. As we say here at 3CR, starting this Radiothon week, it's a lovely day to start it. Faith, how was the ride in? You had a tailwind, I presume.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there's been quite a few tailwinds lately, which is, uh, you know, always nice as you're soaring downhill towards the city. Um, And, uh, yeah, a very fresh one cut through you. Certainly woke you up in those first few seconds after you jump on the bike.
1: It did, actually. And the um, the old adage, if you're, if you're just cold for the first five minutes of the ride, you're overdressed. But if you stay cold for the whole ride, you're probably a little bit underdressed. <laughs> 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 ah, it's uh, We've got a show. Uh, we've got a lovely, quiet little show today. We're going to touch on a few things, um, a little bit of news and events, of course. And we're going to chat about uh, lighting up for winter. And we're also going to have a chat and a little bit of look about where can I find some somewhere, someone, some people, some group to ride with, so I can keep my uh, exercise up.
0: It's almost a Queen song in that. There is (laughs) too. Have you got a bike moment, Val? I have got.
1: I have got a little funny bike (laughs) moment actually too. Why don't I go first, Faith? I've had this, um, now, um, I understand this is completely about perception, but let me just run through. Every now and then in the last couple of months, I've got on my uh, trusty steed, and it can be the same bike, to either ride home or go to work, and I have this uncanny feeling that the bike has either completely shrunk or I have shrunk, and I seem to be sitting in the bike instead of sitting on top of it. Tell me, you've you've had the same thing ever happened? <laughs>
0: don't, don't believe I have.
1: <laughs> Must be my change of medication. I have to remember to tell that to the doctor. It's quite a. Real, I, I presume it's got something to, to do with the way I feel physically and myself. Um,
0: and it's not from changing bikes.
1: No, no, no. It's no. the same bike, same shoes. You know, I even got off at one stage to make sure that the sleet hadn't slipped down. That I felt <laughs> yeah. so strange. Wow, um, quite funny and. It's not as if you have a bent back that your legs change. It was really quite weird. It hadn't happened for a couple of weeks, but it, I got a little bit spooked by it. Now's the first time I've publicly spoken about it, so <laughs> I can probably get over it a little bit.
0: It'll never happen again.
1: Uh, don't you bet on that. <laughs> Faith, the quintessential moment that's changed your life in the last week.
0: Well, I don't know about that, but... Um there was a moment yesterday morning just finishing up a ride. We went on with some friends um, and I rode past a little building. You know those buildings have still got the original uh, lettering from their original use yep. 100 plus years ago and it's always nice to see something that doesn't really fit anymore. Yep. Um, rode past this building and along the top was Sulky Expert.
1: There you go.
0: But what made it especially nice and gave me the giggles in in, a pretty daggy way was that as I rode past the sulky expert, I was on a surly. (laughs) (laughs) There's
1: a musical in this. What, what What about a slurry with the fringe on the top? It must have been interesting days when there were so many horse and carts around Melbourne. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm,
0: especially with all the sulky horses. <laughs>
1: exactly, and all that lovely... <laughs> and the surly
0: horses. And, and the, the, <laughs>
1: the freshly dropped manure all over the streets, which you can still get a touch of. Yes, yeah Every now and then in Swanston Street. come in handy. Uh, or
0: Richmond. Was it, a, was it Richmond Town Hall?
1: Or? Oh, on the weekend. Yes. Oh, yes.
0: Someone was flinging... Horse poo, and I don't. I'm not sure if they were actually charged or just cautioned over it. They were flinging it in the right direction. I can tell you that.
1: Interestingly enough, I rode past that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get on to um, some news. News. Then. Yes.
0: Well, and, and first we should—I mean, Sorry. Val touched on it, but it is a 3CR Radiothon Sorry. fortnight, kicking off today until the 14th of June. The, uh, we are here to activate the airwaves and to get you to donate or subscribe. Um, if you enjoy listening to this program or any others on 3CR, then you need to support with a little bit of practical money. And you can do that by going to 3cr.org.au and making your donation. And please, when you do that... Put in the box there that asks you to do so, nominate uh, the Yarra Radio Show as the show you'd like to support, because we have a a, a quota we have to meet, and it would be great um, if you uh, can put your donation towards the support of the show and the station in general. Most uh, everyone who's on air is a volunteer here at Three CR, and the sh- station relies heavily on uh, subscribers and donations to keep going and to stay on air.
1: So if you're one of those people who religiously listen to the Yarrabug on podcast, now's the time yep. to reinforce That's that, <laughs> that ability. Like I say, it's um, community radios here. We need to support it. It needs to live. Speaking of being born again and living again, Alberto Contor Adora has added the Giro a second time to his, um, or now seven, Grand Tour victories. I've got to say um, he's one of the few that have now come from the Armstrong era, lived through it, um, had his own doping uh, scare as well, and he's proved to be one of the toughest of the lot of them. He had a fairly bad crash early on in the Giro. Rode for the next two days, mm. obviously under – I think he dislocated his shoulder, actually. Uh, back on the bike and ends up winning the Giro. It's really quite an um, exercise in longevity, too, for somebody like Conador.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, athletes on bikes. There we go. Um, <laughs> in the run-up to the punishment that happens at the end of June, uh, the Giro's a nice little taste yeah. of what happens. Now, another news, if you're uh, a Melbourne cyclist and your usual uh, route through the city is by dodging tram alighters and her honours and everything else in Flint- in Swanson Street, your prayers have been answered. Swanson Street will be closed to bicycles. <laughs> now, this starts this week, the 3rd of June.
0: 3rd until the 6th, and then there's more work from the 6th to the 9th. So if you want to find more precise details about that, you can check online at melbourne.vic.gov.au. But the only sections of Swanson Street that will be open will be the footpaths, and um, there's not going to be any room to ride along them, so I'd be uh, looking for...
1: Elizabeth Street will be swamped. <laughs> but it'd be interesting to see how people find their way through the city because obviously that's the big north-south theater. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens It's preparation for if they do the underground station through there to.
0: Well, this is um
1: close it all off.
0: Replacing tram tracks and also improving the surface of the road, which will be good for cyclists. Yep. because there's some you know that's a pretty messy stretch of bitumen there. and I know um they just did the same up in Ligon Street in Brunswick. And uh, besides the fact that the trams are now so quiet, you don't hear them coming up yes. behind you, <laughs> uh, I will say it is there is a lovely stretch of the nicest, smoothest bitumen no. um, there now. So that'll be something to look forward to. Hopefully the, the remnants of those rumble strips will be gone and, and various other uh, cracks yeah. and holes and... And it's
1: a whole new opportunity to try out new bike signage and uh, see what works and see what doesn't work in yep. that sort of ever-changing um, environment that has become Swanson Street. And it would be interesting to see how the other um, city thoroughfares cope with the traffic, yeah. like I say, especially.
0: And it will be a good test uh, for when, uh, yeah, work on for the tunnel starts and uh, the moving to another street as your morning route will be a slightly... For longer duration, so uh, you can do a few test rides. Yeah,
1: and you might meet somebody interesting or see something interesting. Get out of that daily Funny same same, whatever, you know. Find a new artisan axe handle. But, no, sorry. <laughs> in, the, in the continuing um, battle for, I was going to say middle-aged men, but John Kerry's actually more than a bit middle-aged, <laughs> John Kerry's seventy-one, still riding his bike religiously. Apparently, he takes his uh, road bike to all his um, meetings overseas, and as you, you do in France, you go for a bike ride. Unfortunately, John Kerry's then had a um, a little an accident, ran into a curb apparently, and has broken his femur. The poor bloke.
0: Wow. Um, it's
1: a big bone to break. It is a big bone, and John Kerry's a very Big sort of bloke, yeah. too, so which is a bit unfortunate. I saw it on the news, I couldn't bring myself to look at the video. I must admit, there's something that I've mm-hmm. failed to watch is people hurting themselves, falling off things. John Kerry, I hope you get back on the bike pretty quickly, get back to those talks. Now, the other thing is, I'm not, I can't be 100% sure where this survey come from because I'm taking the, um, the results from the uh, Bicycle Network uh, website. They don't actually claim the, claim the uh, survey as their own. But an interesting survey that now showing that actually up to 50% of people asked, and these were already people interested in riding or riding a bike, the preferences now got to 53% for on-road separated lanes, aka Copenhagen lanes. It hasn't taken long, has it? Two or three years, there was this. These no. numbers weren't there four or five years ago at the introduction of things like Galbert Street and Swanson no. Street. No, there was actually a bit of a backlash against um, separated lanes.
0: Well, in isolation, they don't work well. They work great when they're part of a, of a system. And and while we're nowhere near that, I think people are starting to understand that. Another interesting thing that came out of that survey. 71% of people support footpath riding up to 16 years. And this is something that um, I've sort of become increasingly aware of because my son's 11, so he will shortly turn 12, um, and legally then will be required to ride on the road. And even though 90% of the time he does ride on the road anyway, there are some roads that he occasionally needs to get along where, you know, I would not be at all happy with him yeah. Riding on the road, and the thought that in a few months you would uh legally be expected to um i think uh has sort of made me more aware of that issue and uh especially for areas where there isn't as much traffic calming or bike infrastructure or awareness yeah. you know i sort of think, yeah, well, if you're not gonna build the bike infrastructure then you you have to think about what are we doing by insisting on riders using car infrastructure, where in, we, we are creating very assertive riders, but then they, you know, that's a select group no. that can cause other problems.
1: And interesting, I mean, one thing follows the other, I mean, 60% of respondents are saying they're local streets. Unsafe enough for them for to let their children ride no. down. And as your great sort of test is, if I can't bring my eight-year-old along with me, it's not safe. And I think that's probably more the reaction to it. Yeah. Uh, although <clears throat> I did hear somebody say to me the other day, yes, you can ride on a footpath any time you like, as long as you're being supervised by 12-year-old. Yes. 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 <laughs>
0: It's um, some states it is legal to ride as adults on the footpath, and and I think an interesting thing is if you look at somewhere like Darwin, where yep. it's common and legal, um, you you get very different riders. To yes, different groups of people riding.
1: Whereas so. we're much more focused on commuting, whereas we sort of. Oh, no, I'm wrong in saying that actually every bike path in Melbourne's jam-packed on a Saturday and mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Um, but it's a bit more relaxed. uh. No. Now, we'll be back after this quick break. The recent devastating earthquake in Nepal has caused a massive loss of life and rendered a large number of people injured and homeless. The Nepalese Earthquake Relief and Welfare Committee is providing vital support to the relief operations in Nepal. They are appealing to all Victorians for support and assistance. You can help by providing financial support, working
0: as a volunteer, or by promoting the appeal on social media.
1: For more information, go to 3cr.org.au or check out the Facebook page, Victorians Stand Together for Nepal.
0: And you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show on 3CR. Um, at the end of every show, we uh, like to highlight some of the local events that are on and very often we have to rush through them very quickly. And so we thought today what we might do is also... Um, run through some of the places we find these rides and uh, also some other options. Just in case, you know, you've managed to get through the summer and the autumn convincing your family and friends to ride with you and now they've all decided they've had it for the year. Um, But if you'd like to keep going, uh, there are uh, several options out there for finding rides of all sorts, whether you want to do something a bit... uh, sportier or more challenging or something more relaxed, um, there's a lot of options.
1: There's something for everybody. There is. Now, if you live in the inner city, well, I'm going to say in the inner city, I mean the first 10K, radius of, say, 10Ks, a lot of bike shops, I'm not going to say every bike shop, and it depends on what shop, usually have a weekly shop ride, uh, whether it be a mountain bike ride or a Saturday or Sunday morning uh, road ride, always ask there. They'll usually point – sometimes can point you in the right direction. And
0: a lot of regional bike shops do that too. Yes.
1: Yeah, they're very strong mm-hmm. in the regions. Yeah. And, I mean, I uh, I know three shops who have a mountain bike ride all on different uh, nights of the uh, week, and they're usually Yarra Trail rides, and they're usually, I think, a ride that doesn't start till 7 p.m., half past 6, 7 yep. p.m., 7.30. So there's one.
0: uh, You can check out uh, meetup.com. This is a space where a lot of people who are running rides will list them, uh, especially social rides. Uh, So if you search there for um, the area you're hoping to ride in, you'll be able to scroll through a list of results and see if you can find a group that uh, looks like people you enjoy meeting up with.
1: The other one the check always, there are some very strong um, bug rides. It's bicycle users group rides here in Melbourne. Moreland, I think, and Darabin. Darabin still run two or three weekly rides, um, if I can remember correctly.
0: Yeah, and Moreland uh, uh, do a Wednesday ride. Mooney Valley do uh, Tuesday night and Friday rides. Um, and if there's a local bug in your area best just to uh, get in touch with them because even some bugs are more focused on advocacy and that but even if they're not running rides they very often know someone in the area who does do regular rides and they'll be able to put you towards them.
1: And of course the other thing for those specialist rides there's always bike fun here in Melbourne. The calendar's been going for well over 12 years. It's always and it highlights some of the I don't want to say left of centre, I can say kinky or kooky or um, out of the ordinary sort of rides, such as a full moon ride that's been going for a long time.
0: Yep. And that's at bikefun.org. And the other thing to remember about Bike Fun is if you are going to run a ride and you'd like to get a bit of extra publicity for it, there's a form there. You can fill in all the details about your rides and have it listed. Um, Facebook. There we go. If you, uh, for instance, if you're a girl in inner Melbourne, although you don't have to be inner Melbourne, um, Girl Ride Melbourne is a close group but full of women who are looking for people to ride with and there are many others on Facebook. So doing a search on Facebook, um, again using the name of the suburb or region you're in and... Uh, the words ride or cycling group, will, you will find a whole list of groups and um, often some open, some not, um, and there will be people there talking about organising rides and finding someone to go on different rides with them.
1: And the other thing not to forget is if you get a little bit addicted to this cycling sort of caper, then there are a lot of local cycling clubs. Then there's Audax Australia Then there's a lot of other rides And if you're riding that much You know about a lot of those rides too Yep And if you go on one of those rides Especially the full moon ride You're going to need some lights Lights. on your bike This becomes a I was going to introduce this as saying This is your primer for your bike 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 light buying (laughs) season Because everybody seems to buy a whole new set of lights Nearly every second year Not really, says Faith. I've got mine for 15 years. It's interesting, just to preface this, the way lights have been made have changed completely over the last five years, ten years, and they're even getting better. I can remember, and I'm sure a lot of people at home have got buckets of very cheap battery lights that worked for a year and then had to be replaced. Because it's winter now, most people now are riding home in the dark. It's quite important. You know it's important to have the lights on the bike i'm going there's a big push now most people have gone away from battery lights front and rear and most people are going usb charge there's a wide range of different styles of lights i like to put it in a couple of little tick-offs that you can make are you buying the light to see where you're going such as the uh, Mooney ponds creek late at night halfway up garra trails A lot of paths, uh, Mary Creek Path especially, is uh, mostly dark. If you need a light to actually see where you're going, you're going to have to buy a different light from one that you just want other people to see. I've got to say, a lot of lights now come... I'm not going to say a lot. Some come through the LED, run through a reflector. Some just go into a spot and just blow the light out everywhere. Have a good look around at those things. You'll think you'll find the ones that run through a reflector have a cut off like a headlight so the big thing about those is then you won't be blinding the people that are coming towards you which has become quite evident on the streets of Melbourne i'm actually say when you can buy a 3000 or 20000 or 2000 lumen light the idea is to shine it where you want to see it not in somebody else's eyes light up
0: that's it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's oh. a good. You, your lights can't be too bright. There's nothing worse than, you know, that you you, you do a shoulder check to, yep. to see if you can move out. Yeah. And the person behind you's light is so bright, you suddenly cannot see anything. A, a car. You could be a semi trailer right coming no. up beside you, and you wouldn't be able to see it. It's. Uh, yeah,
1: it's become a little. It's become a little bit of a quirk. This because the powerful lights are yeah. buyable. You know, they used to cost a fortune. Yeah. now they're quite um, expensive. Um, anyway, let's move on from that. Yeah. The other, the other thing that's important about lights. Lights are just not about the lights. It depends on how they are attached to your bike too. Some make very fiddly little systems that mm-hmm. are quite hard to use. Make sure you've got something that takes it easy to get the bike on and off careful lights that get a bit of water in them. It's always been a problem with lights. The other thing with those big powerful lights, remember if you run them at a high power, you'll burn through those batteries quicker than somebody else. Well, some yep. a lot of people have lights on too much. They don't need them on. The other thing I always mention on this talk is make sure your front light's got a little cutaway on the side so that actually cars approaching from the left or right, not in front of you, can see that you're there.
0: Yep. Okay, now you won't be needing lights for this ride. Um, the World Naked Bike Ride is the winter version. is on Friday, June the twelfth, from eight pm. So not only uh, wintry, but
1: uh, um, dark and wintry <laughs> as well. If so it was a dark.
0: <laughs> that's um, finishing. At 11. So it meets at the Fox Hotel on Alexandra Avenue and the information for the ride is up at com slash winter and it's going to be on International Red Rose Day. So this will be called the Red Rose Ride. Bring along extra bits to keep you warm after the ride um, and there'll be dinner and drinks.
1: It'll be interesting to see, hadn't World Naked Rides had a bit of turbulent up and down career over the last couple of years. It'd be interesting to see, um, um, yes, whether they bounce back and get <laughs> it. <laughs> Pretty hard.
0: Um, and just a heads up for anyone who's a parent or carer in the North Melbourne area, the Squeaky Wheel, together with the City of Melbourne, are running training for parents and carers who would like to ride with their kids. These will be held at local primary schools. The first two up are on the Squeaky Wheel website at squeakywheel.com.au Saturday the 13th of June from 9.30am till 12 and Saturday the th- 20th of June from 930 till 12. You only go to one session. Have Take a look at those.
1: And the annual Mud Fest that is not cyclocross but the melbourne Bay, of course, is coming up towards the end of this month. If you haven't worked out your outfit yet, you better hurry up because hell. You want to look good for this day. <laughs>
0: and as we pointed out at the beginning of the show, uh, all, everyone you hear on the airwaves here is 3CR as a volunteer and we rely very much on donations from our listeners to stay on the air. It is the 3CR Subscribathon, so we want... You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia.